Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me and co-host Stephen Kerr is longtime friend of the show, Stephanie Stradley. Of course, she's also spent many years covering the Texans as a contributor to the Houston Chronicle. And it's always good to see you, Steph. And you know, this Texans thing, it's kind of fun again, isn't it? It's definitely fun again. You know, we, we've seen some highs and lows, but this is this is beyond that. I mean, I still have this as my pin tweet from what I wrote last July. And, you know, the premise was every fan base wants the things that the Texans have now, which is you have a GM that knows how to buy groceries and isn't afraid of making big <laughs> deals. You have a head coach who is really sharp on the football things, but also is really sharp in the way he deals with, with other people. He put together a really great roster. And in July, I was very hopeful about the quarterback position. And as well as CJ Stroud looked it last July, he did outstanding things. And it was, it was the combination of, you know, you have good player and good coaching and development and, you know, you have the ingredients. And so, you know, your team is made in the off season. So here we are, it's the off season and the start of the rodeo. Yeah, speaking of the offseason, uh, and by the way, great, great hat. Uh, go Thank Texans. <laughs> go Texan day, uh, rodeo season. But uh, Aaron Wilson reporting mutual interest between the Texans and Giants running back Saquon Barkley. He's been communicating with C.J. Stroud and other Texans players Barkley has. Steph, are you interested in Saquon Barkley? My general viewpoint on any kind of free agent is that there's pluses and minuses to every move, and it's all a question of price and fit. Now, if we look at this particular situation, like, the Texans are in a position where any number of options could be good options. And that's, that's the driver's seat. The driver's seat is you can either develop your players or get your players or both. And they're in the position of doing both. Now, mm -hmm. everything with this is a question of how much, what are the terms? What is the duration of the contract? What are the terms of a contract? Clearly people were disappointed by the running game last year. I, I have a sense from just talking to different people and just looking at this type of scheme in the past, you know, year two usually is better than year one. This particular scheme tends to be elevating to running backs. It was with Devin Singletary. It was not with Damian Pierce. I, I don't know how to talk about the offensive line without kind of understatement. They did not have their ideal offensive line, even by what their plans are. Like they were on plan Z by the end of the season with, you know, all the different changes at center, not ideal options at guard, messing around with what they had to do at tackle at times. So it's really hard, you know, like this particular scheme, the reason why people don't run it typically is the, the hardest part is to get that offensive line the way that you liked. And, you know, I don't think that they had necessarily their ideal roster to do that last season. What we know from, you know, from Houston's experience in the past is, yeah, the, this scheme can be elevating to a lot of different running backs. But if you have a good one, it can be very elevating. And that's, I mean, Arian Foster kind of, if you went to the grocery store to get the ideal back for this particular scheme, it was him. He can catch. He had nice size. He had good vision. He's a sharp guy. He could understand the scheme. But on the other hand, he was an undrafted free agent and was probably the best running back that the Texans have ever had. And his second contract didn't end up working out well for anybody but, but him. That's the difficulty of, you know, how much are you going to pay for that running back? Do you get, you know, with all of the kind of free agents, not just, you know, with the running back, are you getting good value for the position, you know, like, you know, compared to the replacement value of like somebody who could do similar things, but Barkley is a unique player. A lot of people, including me would like to see him in a situation where he has a good quarterback and a good scheme and good players around him. Like I would be curious to see what that looked like. I'm not 
wanting to spend a ton of money on that because, you know, they still have a lot of starters that they still have to fill in for and not really the players already on the on on the roster that can fill those spots. So how do you how do you navigate that? Yeah. And yeah. frankly, the, the biggest picture view is usually people are happy with what the Texans do when they trust the people making the choices. And I, I trust D'Amico Ryan's in, in making choices. Absolutely. And you were you're, you're talking about you know the skills of the running back, and you know some people have made a lot about the fact that Bobby Slowick's system, you know, isn't necessarily made for a certain type of running back, like a, a power back, say like Damian Pierce. You know that his name was kind of thrown around. Yeah. Maybe that's why he didn't have a good season in his second year, is because of the system. How much do you think it is that? Or, you know, regardless of what running back you bring in, whether it's Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, whomever, how much of a factor do you think that plays into who the Texans get as far as Slowick's system? I think that the dialogue about Pierce is a little overblown. Like, you know, early in camp, it was pretty clear that it was a lot to take on. It's a very detailed oriented scheme and it can definitely make running backs look better. But the early season Texans was not an ideal time to shine because they're trying to figure out all of those details. It seemed to me that every time he's coming back into a game to fill in later in the season, people pretty much know that they're king on the run. I I don't think that you just stay put, but, you know, I I think that there's any number of running backs that can be successful in this offense. Like you can just, you've seen it over the years. Now, what is, what does success mean in, in a league where it's a throwing league now? Like to me, I would like to have better options at the goal line. We saw Arian Foster. He could, he could walk into the end zone because he had such good vision. And by the time that, that he was shining that offensive line, it wasn't musical chairs. It was, you know, the same five guys running it up every week. And that makes it easier to run in. But, you know, but we saw it in real time. You know, there was a difference between Devin Singletary. And I think Singletary was a more experienced player coming into this scheme. And he's just, a, he's an incredible player, but it would be nice to have um, a bigger back along with him. Derek Henry, for instance. Yes, yeah, I was just going to say that. He's very good at those goal line. Yeah, line. I mean, really all of all of the running backs that you can throw out there, I might like them if there's not opportunity costs with going that hard into the running back position, because really you can develop running backs or you can have running backs like a Devin Singletary that are maybe not the biggest stars in the league, but is elevating once you put him in the scheme. There's that tension between, hey, we are getting the most out of our players. You should want to come here but we're not going to pay a premium to do that because we don't have to do that anymore. There's two types of teams in the league, the, the teams where pe- players want to go there and there's the, the places where you're just getting paid and you maybe can think, Oh, well, I'm the difference maker and I can elevate this team. But, you know, I, I want, I want the Texans to be a team that doesn't just depend on, okay, we're just going to get all the stars. But at the same time, like look at the 49ers, like the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan specifically, he loves speed. He loves speed because, you know, there, you know, there's the old saying, you can't coach speed. He gets the most out of the players that he gets. Yeah, you the Chiefs, Chiefs are very similar yeah. to that. They, they seem to always get speed guys. You're, you're, you're leading me right. hit them last year. I mean, the, the thought last year is like they let too many guys go, including, you know, a coach that was pretty key and they didn't look as good. You know, how much can you scheme and develop versus okay can you bring the people in that are key guys in free agency and in the draft to take you to the next level i'm really excited to see what it happens and also for free agency purposes we also need to pay attention to who gets cut because there's going to be a, a number of players that maybe doesn't don't justify the number that they have or their team can't bring back that number or they're in a rebuilding stage and they get cut early 
And maybe those are guys that you can target if you can get them at the right price and you feel like it's a fit. That is what's so wonderful about this offseason is it's, you know, you don't have to go, it's this guy or this guy. There's any number of options uh, on the table and it's exciting. Yeah, you're kind of leading me where I want to go next and try to get your philosophy as far as free agent. We we talked about potential Texans free agents the last few weeks, you know, how we would approach free agency, which positions we might approach over other positions, how would you do it if you were in the Texan shoes? Oh, geez. Well, you know, a lot of it we can't see. The current roster, we don't know what injuries that they were dealing with because, you know, everybody by the end of the season is injured to some degree. The question is, what were they playing through? And they might have a better sense of their needs based on what, you know, they obviously have a better idea of what their needs are based on what they're trying to do. Like, they're trying to get the best out of the players that they had, and they weren't going to make excuses for the roster. But yeah, I bet they have a, a complete shopping list. They go to Costco to, to pick out each of the, the things that they felt that they could have used last season but didn't have. Yeah, the fans well, they, want him to go, go to Neiman Marcus, though, not Costco, if you, if you <laughs> talk to the fans. Yeah. I don't know. Like I talked to a wine, uh, a wine broker, and she was telling me that the, the whoever picks the wines out for Costco has a really good eye for both value and quality. So <laughs> I actually like the Costco method of, of picking at least the, the wine section for picking your 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 next team. My view on all of this is like, let's go on the, the highest level, which is you need premium positions that are hard to get in free agency. So that is going to be a lot of your focus of the draft, typically, where you're going to get the guys that you're just not, you want to develop over years under a rookie contract. And the premium positions are things like, you know, they don't need quarterback. Let's let, can we, can I, can I have a hooray? Yeah, that's, that's yes. a yeah, First time in several years we haven't had to talk about, oh, the Texans need a quarterback. So here we go. Okay, so that's a premium position, obviously. You know, pass rusher, always a premium position. The Patriots typically, you know, loved getting corners because in a passing league, you can't have enough quality corners because you will be picked on for your worst corner. Uh, typically. And there's only, you know, so much covering up that you can do with cornerbacks. And if you lose one, that's hard. So yeah, quality corners, always a thing. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want them to pick first in the draft this year is cornerback. And I feel like a lot of Texans fans are kind of sleeping on it because they're like, we, we got Stingley and, but no, you need as many good cornerbacks as possible. But you know, there's also the defensive line. Like if you have a quality, quality rush, that is, that is helpful. Now I I will say, if you look at D'Amico's teams that he's had so far that were high producing defensive teams. He has worked with a lot of different body types and different kinds of players that weren't necessarily the highest pick guys, but were still able to contribute. And so those are some of those players that I might see where maybe they're not at the top of everybody's list of who they should get, but you know, he's going to find a way to get the most out of those players. But those typically are premium positions. Some positions are not premium positions, but you might be able to get an elite player pretty high. And so like the Ravens have done that in recent years where let's say they take a safety high even though that is typically not seen as a a premium position. I would like to see better play at the tight end spot. There's any number of players that can succeed in that spot. Like, you know, they were able to get Dalton Schultz at a pretty decent rate last year. He's up for free agency. Would they like him back? Yeah, he was helpful in in nice situations, but they were pretty thin at that spot. Uh, I would like to have that be a spot where you are beating other teams on the matchups. And so there's any number of ways that you can construct the team. I don't want to have to spend a lot more on the offensive line, for example. Theoretically, this scheme is really good for a lot of different offensive linemen. And if they fit the scheme well, 
sometimes like the idea behind this kind of scheme was that you didn't have to get high priced talent all throughout the line, that you could develop good players. And actually, I mean, last year it wasn't ideal at times, but, you know, between having a, a quality quarterback and some decent coaching, you know, and, and really these players being selfless and playing out of their natural positions just to make sure that, you know, they could continue playing. Typically, you don't want to have to spend a ton of money and resources at the offensive line position for this particular type of scheme. And that allows you to spend it in other other spots. Yeah, I was going to get back to the defensive line. Now, you know, talking about edge rushers, since they are certainly in a premium, do you think the Texans should step up and, you know, maybe they have to overpay a little bit for an edge rusher, whether it's Jonathan Grenard or, you know, stepping outside to, to find somebody else? Kind of like what they had to do with Laramie Tunsil with the left tackle position. No, we're not going to talk about any of those choices and, and how, how much they had to pay to get Laramie Tunsil at that spot. Laramie is here. He has had very good value at the left tackle position when he's been playing. But that typically that is not the way that you want to be acquiring guys is to that overpay to go. No, get. it's not. No, but only in certain positions is all I'm Even asking. defensive... Even like, especially with Demico, like it, it might be something different if you had a different head coach. I do think that Demico Ryan's can get the best out of a lot of different physical types. Like his, the physical types that he has had at defensive line are not like huge, huge guys. Like they're they're just guys that get after it and are, are playing very disciplined. He just and, made Derek Barnett work. I mean, we forget that that yeah. guy was yeah. doing a really nice job when when Grenard yeah. was injured. Yeah. So like. I would like to have everybody great playing for the Texans. Obviously, it's just a question of the opportunity cost. And yeah, it is great that they have some money, but they have to resign or they have to just get guys. Like they don't have you know everybody under contract at all the different positions. So I, I think that they have an abundance of options. So like when I'm looking at all of these things, you know, I, I think a lot of the dialogue tends to be, I love this guy, so I can justify this guy. And I don't like this guy. And so, and my thought is, I want the Houston Texans to be the most welcoming place in the league for both free agents and drafted players that wow. they know if they come here, they're going to be playing with adults that put a lot of resources to developing players and put them in positions to succeed. And is it is really creating real competition at all the spots, you know, like usually you know, head coaches will come in and it's like, we want competition. We want competition. And then sometimes they get their guys and then the competition talk, goes down or you have that competition talk where there's some tension between different guys because some guys are going to get paid some guys are not going to get paid for you know being selfless D'Amico's really trying to put a situation together where you have that competition and and that the players want better players to get on board and and don't find that as threatening to try to get more players on board because this is how you win is you collect all the badasses and you compete against them. But you know, they're also teammates kind of like the best of astronauts, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, very, very competitive people, people from all different backgrounds and working with, with the people who are not astronauts that help them out to get to where they're going. But at the end of the day, they have to cooperate and work together and, and compete hard. Well, I certainly think the Texans have set themselves up in that kind of position based on bringing D'Amico Ryans in, bringing C.J. Stroud in, you know, bringing guys that they're all focused on the same goal. They want to win. And after this past season, I'm thinking it's a lot more welcoming for free agents yes. than it was the last three years Yes, or more. Yeah, just like when you're looking at the big names, just for the people out there listening, the fans, understand how many roster spots the Texans right. have to fill in free agency because that gets lost from 
a fan perspective, go look at Spotrack. Yeah, there's over 30, aren't there? 30. There are 10. There are 10 positions where they don't have a starter right, right now. And here are the names under contract at some of the position groups. At linebacker, besides Christian Harris, it's just Toa Toa and Jake Hansen. At cornerback, besides Stingley, it's just Kadar Holman and D'Angelo Ross. At running yeah. back, besides Damian Pierce, it's Jared Dokes and J.J. Taylor, whoever those guys are. And at defensive <laughs> no, tackle. Don't, no, don't, don't, whoever those guys are. Like, like really? nobody, but they didn't play last year, right? Yes, and, and Taylor didn't play for sure. At the, really defensive Malik? tackle, it's Malik Collins, Kurt yes. Heinish, and McTelvin Agam or Agam or something. <laughs> Those are the names that we're talking about. Stuff that are that are left that's yeah. under contract. And and you're you're going to draft guys, and then you're going to pick you're going to pick and choose throughout the league. And some of the guys might be name guys, but some of the guys may just be guys like they did last year, where maybe they're not the biggest names, but they can be big contributors, particularly. If they're in a scheme that is better, like I know the Barkley talk is all over the place, but legitimately, I would be interested to see him in a non-giant situation. Hmm. Big back who's fast. I would like to see what you can do with that, especially if you don't have to overuse him because he's the entire offense. I'm legitimately curious to see what happens and I'm not vested in a particular way. Like I try not to get too vested, but I do have the, the viewpoint it is a competitive advantage to have a welcoming situation. And the Texans went from a situation that was welcoming from the perspective of you're working in a nice place and they pay you to a place where you legitimately feel valued and that you feel like you can win. And that's a big deal. That's, that's a huge deal. You have got the unique viewpoint as both a fan and as someone who covered Andre Johnson Yes. Uh, uh, you know, what did it mean to see him get into the Hall of Fame? Speaking of, of, of welcoming, let, let me go in the, the way back machine 20 years ago. Expansion team, you know, they won, won they, their first game. But, you know, the, the league did not give them a lot of help to, to get started. Like the, the original expansion teams of, of the Panthers and the Jags had better terms and they were able to be successful right away. And the league saw that and gave worse terms as far as the expansion draft to the new Browns and the Texans. So that's where we were. It was a really hard product to watch, unless you like really good defense until you know they, they ran out of steam in the fourth quarter sometimes because they were on the field so long. So Andre Johnson shows up in 2003 as a wide receiver, which is a really hard position to be the difference maker and to put your city on the back on, on his back. But that's what he did. Like he knew he just knew. And he, he felt that he felt that hope and, and those dreams where an entire region, an entire state that loves football, who believes that we have the standard of football had it stripped away from him. And he, he was our hope. Even in some of the, the worst times he did, he did crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, like things that that you shouldn't be able to see. So I I didn't start covering the team. Like I started writing about the team in, in 2006 for the Chronicle. And then I didn't start covering in person until 08 or 09. And what was remarkable about watching Andre in person at all of those camps is the stuff that he did in the field was supported by how hard he worked off the field. He did things in practices that were crazy. And but the whole time that he was with the team, you know, the narrative about him was too bad he plays for the Texans and 
that's going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. You know, as someone who has seen his whole career, has seen every snap he's done, like it was my mission to get him in the Hall of Fame. While this first generation of fans who also watched every snap he did can see it in person and celebrate it with him. And so I've never been to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I didn't want to go really when people like Earl are in the wrong section. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have and, a whole show about that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and, you know, if, obviously it's a big trip. It's expensive. You know, I'm busy, but I kind of made a promise to myself I would go when he's in. And, and I, I can tell you so many people have told me the same thing that, that, yeah, when, Andre gets in, they're going to go. And, you know, I asked Andre at his, his recent press conference what he wanted to say. And he, he just, you know, he was talking about how he told Canton to get ready because Houston's coming. Is the speech oh, going to well. be longer than a minute, though? I mean, it's Andre. You know, <laughs> that's okay. I want to, I, I want to, he doesn't talk a ton publicly because he only has, he only says stuff when he has stuff to say. But privately, he'll talk and talk and hold court. Like just because he doesn't give everybody a lot of, a lot of him doesn't mean that he doesn't have stuff to say. And clearly in recent years, when Andre talks, people listen. Yeah. And one of the, the main messages that he had in now has been, hey, I'm getting to know people with the team better. And there's people that I've known for years and we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. I kind of see this Andre moment as coming at the right time. Like, you know, it didn't happen. You know, he talked about this some of his last presser, like, you know, sometimes things happen at the right time. And the last couple of years might've been a little, that might've been a little difficult, but this summer is going to be a celebration. It, it really is. And, yeah. and there's that sense of sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. And I don't have that sensation. My view on that is you should treat your family better than you treat strangers. And Houston is our family. And sometimes we get sideways with each other, but at the end of the day, um, it's all love. Yeah. You were talking about work ethic and certainly that is something I think that separates the greatest athletes from just the good athletes. But what always impressed me about Andre Johnson, aside from the talent, aside from the numbers, I mean, you can look up the figures, we've talked about them ad nauseum, but you know, you're talking about what he does at practice and, and how he converts them into a game. His route running yes. is amazing. <laughs> you know, he can fake a cornerback out of his shoes or a defensive back out of his shoes, yes. thinking that he's going to run a long route, ends up running a short route or vice versa. That, I mean, you, you talk about somebody that's, I guess, sly, you know, is the word, De uh, deceptive. That's, that's probably the best word. Yeah. That's Andre Johnson to me. Well, you know, it, it's funny to me because, you know, he's somebody that continued to develop his game. And if you go through the list of what you would like in a wide receiver, it's tens all the way down. Or if your scale goes up to 11 or 12, like you should go 11 or 12 on, on some of those things. But the route running thing is one of those things that he really worked on. I know Kyle Shanahan showed up in 2006 and I saw him give a talk and I'm like, man, he's the same. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the wide receivers are more of a guy than he is. Yeah. But then once he started talking, I kind of lost the sense of how young he was. And one of the points that he made was the route running is going to be the difference making with all the details that if you can run really great routes, it can extend your career longer mm -hmm. because even if you lose a little bit of speed, you can still get the separation. And you could see all the, that kind of detail and how how careful he was on the boundaries and how he used the boundaries in his body to just pretty much <laughs> embarrass defensive backs. And, and when you mention the route running, it, it reminds me of this particular day. Like you're not supposed to be cheering at camp, right? There's a play that's really near me where 
Andre looks to be running full speed and then he just stops, catches the ball. And like the defensive back at this point is not like if it was in a picture, he would not be in the picture. I made a yelping noise. Like I was kind of embarrassed because it was just, <laughs> it just stunned me so I think much. it happens to all of us at one yes, point in media, right? Yes. But like <laughs> the thing about Andre is he's the dude that impressed all the dudes because at the highest level, you're dealing with just amazing athletes and all hard workers. And, you know, despite what, you know, the worst, you know, the worst stories are, a lot of these guys are just amazing human beings because, you know, sports attracts amazing people. Yeah. And if he's the dude that impresses the dude, he's the dude. Like, he's just a really impressive guy, like in in, in a lot of different respects. It, it's been an honor watching him play, and it's going to be an honor watching him in the hall. If people want to hear some more Andre stories, I'm going to have a little link at the end of this video. Yes. If you look up on your YouTube screen, you will see I did a tribute uh, where we've got stories uh, that we've had guys on the show talk about him. Sage Rosenfels, Case Keenum. Glover Quinn. It's a bunch of great stories from players and media that covered him. So make sure and look for that if you're an Andre Johnson fan. And you talked about, Steph, the fact that people listen when Andre speaks, people listen when you speak. You got something that you're working on right now. Do you have a, uh, any sort of piece or is anything you want to direct people towards? Uh, not not really yet. I'm, I'm working on some things uh, just generally, like gathering things, because it's, it's hard for me to find time to write. Like, I, mean, I think if you want to see kind of kind of like the roadmap the thing that's in my pinned tweet from last July actually does talk a lot about like what is it that the Texans are looking at for their players in the upcoming year. I I think I'm going to do kind of an update to that, but also I'm really going to try to work to see how many people we can get in Canton. Andre asked for us to come, so I think we need to come, and I'm going to try to see how we can get as many people there in the least expensive way or just the easiest way because you know it's kind of like with the traveling Texans group. There have been people that travel with the Texans since the beginning of the team, and they use their their knowledge and their help to make it easier for other people to go travel with the team, too. So I'm, I'm just trying to, like, kind of connect people together and make it just easier and more fun for everybody to go honor Andre in person. And and really, I, I like that and doing that just generally, you know, making it easier for people to see the team in person or just follow the team or understand what's going on. I just love doing that. Well, we definitely are going to want to talk to you after you make that trip to Canton and what it was okay. like and what the experience yeah. was for sure. If you don't know by now, she's at Steph Stradley. You can find her work at cron.com. The links in her X profile, Twitter profile, <laughs> whatever you want to call it these days. Always great, up, great to catch up with you, Steph. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. Anytime. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Attack!